love the words of those song, of that song. Help me know you're near. The word says that God is near to the brokenhearted. And he saved those who are crushed in spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we need you. We thank you so much, Father, for your endless love, your kind heart, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your patience with us. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for leading Pastor Mike, leading this church body into you, Father God. We desire that we lean into you, Father. In you there's life, transformation, Lord God. You have good things in your heart. Good things in your heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way you love us. Thank you, Father God, for your truth, your word that is everlasting, that will never go away. Thank you, Father God, for your promises. That you are a man that you cannot lie. Father, we give this time to you. This is about you, Lord. It's about you and your plan for humanity. Your will that has been established before the world. Your kingdom. Your reign. Your power. We just thank you, Father God. What an honor it is to be in your presence. Privileged, Father God, to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father God. Amen. So we're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have it on your phone, you can turn there as well. Luke chapter 8, and um, I'm just going to read the story of what happened to a young lady in the Bible that you may have heard about who, who came to the end of herself, and she leaned into Jesus. She leaned into him. And it's, it's, it's pretty awesome just giving God praise because, you know, what Michelle and Steph talked about, you know, I didn't know that I was going to be preaching, but it just is lining up with what she spoke about. And it's the Lord who, who, who does this, right? It's the Lord who puts this together, who makes things fall in place. And um, just want to give him glory for that. Um, so, yeah, so Luke chapter 8. I'm going to be reading from verse 40 through 48. Um, it says, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house because he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. 
While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. With the Lord's word in our minds, let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. That is true. We thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, as you have already been, we're asking you to open up hearts and minds to hear you, Jesus. To hear you, Father. You are truth. You are truth. We ask that your word will be planted on good soil, Father God, that will, will produce fruit to your glory. We thank you, Father God, for this time that we have to just spend with each other and spend with you. We thank you, Jesus. Let me pray. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was on his way to heal a dying girl. Jesus was on a journey. He was on a mission. He was ready to go because this man had fell before him and said, my daughter is dying. So he had already in his mind made up he was going to go and heal this girl. Jesus is always on mission. God is always working. Like Pastor Mike says, God is always at his work. He's always working. And it's evident, you know, that God is working from what we have seen and heard in Kentucky. It's evident. And it may not seem like that in your life right now, this moment or in Georgia, but God is always working. The Bible says in John 5, 17, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I am too working. So Jesus was on mission, and a woman approached him. And she had been bleeding for 12 years. 12 years is a very long time to be bleeding. And I can't understand that kind of pain. Maybe some of the ladies can relate to that type of suffering. But for 12 years, she's going through the same suffering. She's come to the end of herself physically. Her medical condition would have also made her unclean according to Jewish law. So the people who she would be around and interact with would also be unclean. And so she wouldn't be able to go to the temple because she was unclean. She wouldn't be able to interact with people normally because she was unclean. Can you imagine the feeling of shame on her? 
and embarrassment for 12 years. She was desperate physically. She also spent all her money on doctors. You know, um, as a kid, mom and dad take care of everything and you have no idea the expenses that having children, especially when you come from a family like mine with six kids, just like the Deese family, that's a lot of kids. It's a lot of expenses to take care of. But you know, as we get older, we start having complications in our own life, our family's life, and we got those things cost. We got to pay for it. And she has spent all her money, and no doctor can heal her. No doctor. For 12 years, she's come to the end of herself. She's desperate financially. No one can heal her. In Mark's account of the same story, it says that her, she actually got worse. What does that do to your mind? What does that do to you mentally? The condition you have and had have for years, no doctor can heal you. You've spent all this money trying to at least get rid of it. And let me at least let it stop for just a little bit of time. I want to interact with people. I want to be a little free from this. But it, it got worse. So I would imagine she has come to the end of, her, end of herself mentally, losing hope. She was desperate mentally. Verse 44, she approached Jesus from behind and touched the end of his rope. She didn't allow her condition to stop her from reaching out to God. She didn't allow what was going on in her life to stop her from reaching out to Jesus. Sometimes we can be guilty of that, right? When A, B, and C gets right, then, you know, then I'll reach out. But for now, man, it's just hard. Let me just get my stuff in order, and then me and God will be good to go. In the middle of her 12-year suffering, She's saying, God, I'm reaching out to you. And as we read, this is, Jesus was most of the time surrounded by crowds of people. These are crowds of people that she has to squirm be between and, and get in front of. And she couldn't even touch him. She didn't even touch Jesus himself. She got the edge of his, his outer garments. The Bible says she was healed immediately. Immediately she was healed. Verse 45. Who touched me? 
Jesus said, who touched me? This lady was willing to get uncomfortable. She was already uncomfortable in life. She wasn't comfortable with anything, I would imagine. She was already uncomfortable, and she's getting even more uncomfortable. Like, please, excuse me, I need to touch. You know, the other Mark says, if, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She had it made up in her mind. And when she did, Jesus said, who touched me? You know, and Peter was like, there are people everywhere pushing up against you and around you. What do you mean who touched you? And his response, someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. We talked about power. Steph shared about power. Michelle shared about the power of God, his presence. Power has gone out from him to this lady. You may think that's kind of weird. So Jesus kind of like lost a little bit of power there. <laughs> no, did not lose power. He's infinite. He is everlasting. He is eternal. He is holy. There's no losing power. But the fact that this lady touched not even a body part, she touched his clothing, what he was wearing, tells you the amount of power that is in Jesus. So a few questions from there. Why wouldn't Jesus just keep that to himself? He could have, that could have happened. She would have known she was healed. He would have went on and, and went to go heal the girl who was dying. He could have kept it to himself. He said, who touched me? Why didn't he just keep walking along? Jesus acknowledges faith. God acknowledges our faith. One of the scariest verses in the Bible, for me at least, maybe you're fine. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, we cannot please him. If we read, if I read Genesis to Revelation two times a day, that's impossible. But if I somehow got to do it <laughs> two times a day, seven days a week, God would not be pleased with me. It's like, good job, that's cool. I can even do that, right? <laughs> If I prayed every single day for the next 32 years, you may not be pleased. If I read every single Lent devotion, I mean, at 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, go. All right, here we go. Then I get my Bible open. I got my notes. I got my journal. I got my, I'm praying. I got my coffee. Amen for coffee. <laughs> He, he, may, he may be pleased, like, that's cool. But God is more concerned about our faith. 
way more concerned about our faith. Do you actually believe me? Do you actually believe the words that I say? Or is this, like Michelle said, is this religion? Do you have a form of godliness? Do we have, in the church in America, do we have a form of godliness? Do we have a look of Christianity? And are missing the very essence, which is faith in Jesus, believing his word. I'm asking myself that question too. Lord, am I being religious with my time with you? Or do I actually believe your word? This lady had faith, and God acknowledges faith. God acknowledges faith. That's why he couldn't just keep on walking like everything was kosher. He had to stop. And for the people, they had to recognize what was going on. They had to see what was happening. Somebody touched me. Somebody has incredible faith. Like you guys remember the guy in the Bible who was the centurion. And um, his son was sick. And he said, there's been no greater faith than this guy who I don't have to even go to his house. He's believing that his son is healed without me even going to the, his house. So Jesus acknowledges faith, and he wanted the people to see that this lady is acting in faith. She's trusting me. If she could just touch the hem of his garment. So power. Power has gone out for me, and that's why I was saying earlier how those testimonies, what they shared, and this message is lining up like Jesus is wanting to give us a word this morning, as he always does. God's power, it's endless. And God's power is available. God's power is available. I want to read Job 38 just to hit on God's power. This is, God was um, speaking to Job after he had lost everything pretty much, and um, he had to remind Job of who he was, and he speaks about his power. He speaks about his ability and who he is, and he reminds Job of his sovereignty, and I just want to remind us of who we are actually talking to today, who we're talking about today. Job 38, starting in verse 4, says, Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? What supports its foundations? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and total darkness its blanket, when I determined its boundaries and put its bars and doors in place, when I declared you may come this far but no farther, your proud waves must stop here. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning or assigned the dawn its place so it may seize the edges of the earth and shake the wicked out of it? The earth is changed as clay is by a seal. Its hills stand out like the folds of a garment. 
for the Lord, I mean, for God to talk about that in a way. He is designer. He is creator God. Light is withheld from the wicked, and the arm raised in violence is broken. Have you traveled to the sources of the sea or walked in the depths of the oceans? Have the gates of the death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Last verse. Have you comprehended the extent of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. God's power. He reigns over all things. All things are in submission under his will and authority. He is the first and last word. He is the beginning and the end. He is supreme over every single being. He is a source of life. He brings life to everything. God's power. As Steph was sharing, there's, don't feel like, you know, you're, 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 I'm, I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm content. God has an abundance. He is creator God. He has an abundance. Amen, amen. That's good stuff, mama. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> little uh, comic relief. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so she didn't lose power. So he, I'm sorry, Jesus didn't lose power when the woman touched him, right? She gained power by just touching his garment. She gained power. So there is power. This woman experienced power. She experienced healing. Verse 47, when the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all, in the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Do you know that Jesus wants to heal you? Do you believe that? Say, Aaron, I don't know, man. I've been struggling with this for years. You don't know my pain, and I don't. Jesus does, and he wants to heal you. Praise God that there's not only physical healing, but there's a healing that God wants to do on the inside of us, a deep inward healing from maybe wounds from the past, from people, from upbringing, from relationships, from church people. God wants to heal those deep wounds. Mentally, emotionally, he is healer. He is healer. He wants to heal the broken places in your life. Unfortunately, some of those things that have happened to you have happened because of other people. And God knows that. 
but sometimes we cause our own pain from the decisions we've made, right? We cause our own pain. But God wants to heal you. Turn with me to Isaiah 53, verse 3. says he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain our savior was familiar with pain like one who people hid their faces he was despised and we held him in low esteem Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed by his wounds. There's physical healing. There's emotional deep healing. It's mental healing. There's also healing from our sins. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe there's some healing that needs to happen in relationships. Maybe there's some secret things happening in your life that nobody else knows about but you. This is how God intends us to be to where we can confess to each other. And we don't have to live isolated lives. But we can confess our sins to a brother or sister. And we can receive healing. That, that lady, she received healing. She felt his power. And in closing, verse 48, daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Salvation. Life. God has salvation and life, eternal life. We are here for a moment, for a moment. It was very sad getting that phone call from Pastor Mike yesterday about his brother-in-law. We have no idea, we have no idea. We're here and then we're gone. But God has life in him. The Bible says that he desires for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. All men. Every single person. I love how Jesus acknowledges this lady. 
says so much about who he is, his heart. He says, daughter. Daughter. You knew what she was going through. Twelve years. Many in here are, are parents. If your kid has been suffering for 12 years, that's way too long for anybody. He said, daughter, your faith has saved you. The Bible says that we are saved by grace, through faith. Salvation can happen in your life. It's never too late to surrender your life to Jesus. To say, Father God, I have done my own thing for too long. I surrender to you. I give my life to you. It's never too late. Jesus offered that lady his power. And he wants to offer that to you today, his power, his strength, not your strength. And that's what, I, what happens to us. We do things out of our own strength, and then we get tired. We get worn out because we're human. But God wants to give you his strength. His strength is infused with his truth. So you are standing on the word of God, and that is your source of strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. His joy, not your joy. Our happiness and joy is temporary. You know, it's fleeting. We'll be excited about one thing and then the next moment, because anybody relate. Be like the next moment, mad about life, in traffic, jamming out to your song. This is my jam. And then in a moment, somebody cuts you off. You got to be kidding me. Our happiness is, I mean, nothing. We can have a joy that comes from Jesus, as Michelle was talking about. She had joy. What? Real, genuine joy. Not fake churchianity, as Pastor Mike says, but real joy in the spirit. He has that for us today. Amen. So what is it that you need today? What is it that, that's in your heart? Do you need his power to fill you? Are you running on your own strength? Do you need his healing? Mentally, emotionally, physically? Do you need to know him? That's a starting point. Do you, need, do you know who he is? You know, I'm not ashamed to say, you know, as a pastor or whatever, you know, it was probably a few months ago, like, I had to say, Lord, I have to reestablish our relationship. Let's, can we start over? Can we start over? I think I've, I've been running, doing my own thing. A recommitment. 
Let's start over, Lord. But are you willing to get uncomfortable like the lady was? Are you willing to get outside of your certain circumstance to touch him, to lean in to him? God is present and he's here. Amen? So we're going to do that again today. We're going to go back into worship. And we're going to just lean into the, to the Father. In his presence, his fullness of joy. At his right hand, his pleasures forevermore. Fullness of joy in his presence. Join me in prayer. Father, we need you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for this time we have to learn from you. Lord, you are so personal, as you called the lady daughter. You call us children. You call us sons. And you're inviting us to come to you, all who are weary and heavy laden. And you will give us rest for our souls. Thank you, Father God, for your spirit that gives us life. Thank you, Father God, for your power that strengthens us. Thank you, Father God, for your healing that you don't, you care about what has happened to us in our life. You care about the things people told us growing up. You care about the thoughts we have in our minds. You care about the things that we got into. You care about those things. And you want to bring healing. Because you are love, Father. You are love. And Lord, you desire every single person that we lock eyes with to know you, Jesus. You want to know us, Father God. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, oh Father God, of our own ways. Forgive us for not trusting you at your word. Forgive us, Father God, for ever trying to do any man-made religion. Forgive us, Father God, for doing things our way. Help us, Jesus, to lean in in this moment. Help us, O oh Father God, to draw near to you. Help us to seek you, Father God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Help us, Father God, to run after you, to put you first above everything in our lives. Help us, Jesus, to put down our agenda and pick up your will, Jesus. Help us in this moment, Father God, as we seek you. 
We thank you so much for this opportunity we have to be with each other, to be with you, to hear from you, to know you, Father. We ask that you would be glorified in this moment, Lord, and as we lean into you, that you'd meet us here, Father. Holy Spirit, we're asking you, have your way in this place. Thank you, Jesus. You made me pray. Amen.